Today on This Week Health. Any anxiety that they were grappling with, we'd give them a forum to just talk through it. And we would share any knowledge that we had about the circumstance they were surfacing. Information is key at a time when there is uncertainty. The more information any of us can have to control it, to think about it, the better we all are. Welcome to This Week Health Community. Town Hall is our show hosted by leaders on the front lines with interviews of people making things happen in healthcare with technology. My name is Bill Russell. I'm creator of This Week Health, a set of channels dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. For five years now, we've been making podcasts that amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward. We want to thank our show partners for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Now, on to today's show. Welcome back. Once again, I'm Brett Oliver. I'm the CMIO for Baptist Healthcare System in Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm super excited today to have one of my colleagues with us, Trisha Julian, who is our Chief Information Officer for Baptist. Welcome, Trisha. Uh, good morning, Brett. Wonderful to be with you. Yeah, so glad to have you on. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> oh, well, let's just jump right in. You and I came aboard around the same time to Baptist in our roles uh, nearly six years ago. And I've been doing a little reflecting as, as time has passed, but I'd like to know from your perspective, you've seen a lot. And as you reflect on your tenure with our organization, what surprises you the most leading this team and what's been the biggest challenge, anything you do differently as you reflect back on your time? Okay. Well, if we think about what's first the surprise, I don't know if I would call it as much of a surprise. You and I had the privilege of working together with the teams to deploy Epic and all the third-party systems at Baptist back in 2015 to 2017. And we saw the team's tremendous capability and abilities all throughout that. I think what, if I could change the word, have the liberty to change it to amaze, I continue to just be amazed at the wholehearted commitment of our teams, no matter what challenge comes their way, we just see them roll their sleeves up, figure out what needs to be done, divide the task appropriately, and then just get it done. And they do it time and time again. So with that consistency and the dependability and reliability in which they respond to the needs that Baptist has, they have just built such a strong reputation as key partners to our physicians, to our clinicians, to our business partners. And for that, I'm just so grateful to be a part of that. What would be the biggest challenge or what would I do differently? So I'm going to start with the challenge. The challenge is just the insatiable appetite that does exist for new technology solutions to be deployed within healthcare. And as you said, you and I have been in this role right about six years. And so we just have started our sixth fiscal year this past September. And this year, like the five years prior to it, we have more IT demand than we actually have capacity to support. And so that then just necessitates important conversations, and I'm grateful to you as a key partner in those conversations with the physicians to try to explain what it is in terms of our capacity limitations that we face, and then seeking the voice of the physicians, that's what you do so well, to say, given all of these options, 
what should we do? What should we prioritize and which can we pause? So that is the biggest challenge that is a theme throughout my six-year tenure. And then, you know, anything I would do differently, I, I guess I wished that our maturity in the space of having IT project management transparency around the work that comes into IT, around what those cues of work look like, so that we could readily show those to our organizational leaders, again, to invite their participation and buy-in around the prioritization. You and I, again, have been engaged in conversations around that, but I envision, and we're working toward it, a dashboard of sorts where I could allow any of the leaders outside of IT to log into this executive dashboard that shows the IT portfolio in a way that is something they could consume readily and then would allow them to weigh in to say, okay, now that I see this full book of work in IT, here's my vote for how we would prioritize it. So the wish would have been that we would have had that as you and I came into our roles, but because that wasn't the case, we just are continuing to be consistent about building it and having the right conversations and the right visibility to our work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you said a lot when you talk about reputation. I think that's so important for what we do because of sometimes that project load and the things that go on behind the scenes to keep the lights on, to keep things updated isn't always seen that reputation is really important for others to understand like I know they're doing some other things so if they can't get to a certain project it's not because they're lazy or they don't care about what's going on in my world and I think you've done a nice job of leading us to that transparency and the reputation that we're here to support everybody thank you Brett yeah yeah I was just going to switch gears just a little bit and talk about something that I think most everybody's familiar with in health IT now, and that's remote work. And with us being spread out geographically, we've, we've had some organizational journey into remote work, but the pandemic certainly accelerated that process for us and led to more and more teams working from home, even now in other states. And so what are the challenges to our culture have you witnessed and what's been the department or your response? Okay, thank you. You're right. One of the key things that I certainly didn't want to see us lose was our sense of team and our sense of camaraderie, our ability to not work in silos, even before we were working remotely. There, we could fall into a trap of a team working, you know, jumping into a project and starting down the path of figuring it out and going about the work of getting it done. But not realizing that there were two or three other teams they should have involved in the conversation earlier in, so as not to catch a team unaware that this project was coming their way and there was a need to collaborate. You and I, this interview, the timing of it is pretty perfect in terms of Baptist just recently participated in an employee engagement survey. And I was really pleased to see that 82% of the members of our 564 IT department chose to spend time to give their voice in that survey. Our score, our engagement index improved by three points. We had an engagement index of 87, which is a tremendously positive index. And then beyond that, there's ability to measure the favorability and we had a 92% favorability rate, which again had grown by three points from the prior year. So what's important about that is it does signal that our employees 
feel pretty satisfied with what they have. And you and I in forums that we have where we engage with our employees to hear their questions and entertain their topics, our birthday meeting is an example, we have the opportunity to hear them say more than once, thank you, thank you, thank you for the chance to work remotely. But what you and I also know is there is a group of IT teams that don't have that privilege or opportunity. You have a team that reports to you. I have a couple that report through my vertical that they can't work from home because the nature of their work is to be boots on the ground, ready for the physicians, the clinicians, the business partners in the hospital settings or in the practice settings. And so we also have to do, you and I have to be mindful of that as we think about, again, how we're attending to the needs of our department as a whole and how we figure out ways to keep them, again, united with one another, communicating well with one another and working in a team and in a partnership that delivers to our organization. So even with a high employee engagement index, it's going to be something that is continuous for us is to just stay intentional about keeping the conversations going at the right time for the teams. In 2023, we are celebrating five years at This Week Health, and we are working to give back, and we will be partnering this year with Alex's Lemonade Stand all year long. As you know, having a child with cancer is one of the most painful and difficult situations a family can face. At Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation, they understand the personal side of the diagnosis, the resources needed, and the impact that funded research can have for better treatments and more cures. Today, Alex's Lemonade Stand is one of the leading funders of pediatric cancer research in the U.S. and Canada, funding more than 1,000 research projects and providing programs to families affected by childhood cancer. You can get more information about them at alexslemonade.org. So how are we going to partner? Well, the leadership team and myself personally, we have put some money aside to really fund the start of this. Uh, but what we're looking for is partners, right? So we're going to ask our partner, our partners, our sponsors to be a part of this. We're going to ask you to be a part of this. And some of the ways that you can help contribute is we're going to have drives throughout the year. We're going to have follower drives, followers of the show, followers of our LinkedIn channel, Twitter channel, YouTube channel, you name it. We're going to have these drives. And as part of those drives, we're going to ask people to be a part of putting donations towards Alex's Lemonade Stand. There's going to be many opportunities this year. So keep an eye out all year long to see how you can support Alex's Lemonade Stand. You can find more information out on our website, thisweekhealth.com. You can also check out Alex's Lemonade Stand again at alexslemonade.org. And if you go to our website, their logo is going to be on our homepage on the top right-hand corner. We're celebrating our five-year anniversary, and we want to continue to give back to the community. So we welcome you to be a part of it and looking forward to seeing what we can do this year. Absolutely. Well, let's get more granular with that. You mentioned that one of the things that's unique to our department, at least I haven't seen it done before, that you started, gosh, I think five years ago, you mentioned at these birthday meetings. Can you explain what they are, kind of where the genesis of the meetings came from and what they hope to accomplish? Yeah, absolutely. So 
when you and I assumed our roles as CIO, CMIO, what was happening at that time organizationally was we were coming upon a challenging time within Baptist history, so much so that Baptists even faced a period in 2017 where we needed to do a reduction in force to regain some financial footing. Now, gratefully, you and I know the turnaround has been tremendous at Baptist and we're really, really strong financially and in a really strong position with our health financially. But back in 2017, when we were going through that, what I was starting to hear from our employees was just, there was a lot of fear and that fear was based in anxiety about the future and about what was going on in our organization. And so I talked with you and with Michael, our chief information security officer about your willingness to join me in a forum that we would create for our IT teams, whereby we would not come with a planned agenda, but we would come ready to answer any and every question that might be on their minds so that any anxiety that they were grappling with, we'd give them a forum to just talk through it. And we would share any knowledge that we had about the circumstance they were surfacing, because you and I know, information is key at a time when there is uncertainty. The more information any of us can have humanly to allow us to control it, to think about it, the better we all are. And so that's how it started. But what you and I have witnessed is, wow, just what an engaged audience it is. We use their birthday month to just be sure that we capture everybody in the department. It keeps the mix of employees. Any and every employee in our department has an open invitation to come during their birthday month. And again, it's open forum, whatever question is on their mind. And so what you and I have seen a lot of is, again, their questions are very geared towards what's going on at the business, how strategically can I play a role to deliver to the business? And so it's probably a meeting I look forward to more than anything, just to hear what's on their mind and answer their questions. And so it's been a fun forum, but I was really grateful in 2020 when the pandemic hit and so many uncertainties that surfaced with that for all of us in society, that we had that forum and it had been by that time at least two over two years running. And so people knew the drill and felt comfortable just come in and just tell us what was on their mind and talk to us about what they were, any fears they had and what they wanted us to do differently. And so it's just, it's a great forum and I love it. Yeah, I would, I would echo that. We've seen everything from just what's going on in human resources, you know, is some questions with that as to we've had times when an employee or someone who's there for their birthday meeting ends up fielding questions from other team members that just things are, that are on their mind. I would really encourage others to try this if they're looking for engagement in their department, even just maybe their direct reports. I don't know. It just depends on the sheer number of people, but it takes zero prep, right? You're just sharing things that they would like to know. And sometimes there's some awkward silence, but yeah. I, I, think, I think it's good. And anyway, I, I just think it's a really unique way that teams can connect with very little. Again, everybody's so busy, but you just if you can block the time just for the meeting, that's really all you need to do. And yeah. to your point, I at least over the last year or two, it's rare to not go to the full hour and go, hey, listen, I know everybody's got to jump. There's generally plenty to talk about. 
Well, I just wanted to let's wrap things up a little bit with a couple of final questions. So what's the one thing that you wish you knew about being a CIO before you took the role? I mean, you had some exposure to it, obviously, and knew what the job description said, but what is surprised or what what's one thing you wish you knew before you took it? <laughs> Well, it's funny when I look back, I can realize how naive I was because you and I, again, we started these roles just after we'd finished that massive effort to deploy Epic and all the third-party applications across all of our hospitals and clinics and other care venues. And so I really thought, wow, I mean, that magnitude of project, that massive of a project, whew, that's the only time in my career that I'm going to have something of that magnitude. And what I didn't really appreciate, how ever-changing healthcare was going to be and how the technology demands, the pace of technology demands, and the, again, the volume of projects, the variety of projects that we were going to face, that's the part I just didn't completely appreciate. Now, the lifelong learner in me loves everything about it. It just it keeps... My passion keeps growing to learn more, to experience more, to understand where the industry is growing and trying to ensure that Baptist is poised right where we need to be. Now, with that lifelong passion, I also recognize going back to our earlier conversation about the demand on the teams. I do feel a tension within, though, to be sure that the workloads that our teams face are realistic and manageable so that we don't burn out this really talented team of IT professionals by not structuring and layering the work in the right way. So again, that aha was just not really realizing how big of a funnel IT was always going to have coming their way. All right. We're doing webinars a little different this year. As we have told you, got a lot of feedback from the community about what works, what doesn't work. We talked to our advisors, our CIO, CMIO advisors, and they said, hey, look, community-generated topics, great contributors, not product-focused. They want the questions ahead of time so that they can incorporate them into their answers. And they want a forum that is honest and open. And what we decided was once and done. If you're at the webinar, you get to hear the content. If not, it's not on demand. You don't get to download it later. We're going to do it on a consistent date and time. And our next one coming up is February 2nd. It is Priorities for 2023. And this one is around academic medical centers. And we have some great leaders who are going to come in and discuss the priorities for 2023. We already have Donna Roach lined up. We have Dr. Michael Pfeffer with Stanford lined up. We're going to continue to just bring great content, community-generated topics, and keep the, the discussion going. If you have feedback, love to hear it. And if there is any questions you have, go ahead and fill out the registration form and you have a space there to give us your questions at a time. We want to make sure that we cover the topics that are of interest to you. Website, top right-hand corner, sign up today. Love to see you there. Yeah, yeah, boy, that is for sure. <laughs> All right, final question. What's the one thing that you would tell a new healthcare CIO who's just about ready to step into the role? Don't be naive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, just know your teams are going to be in high demand and there won't be enough of your team to go around. But also just be ready. I can't even describe the joy, the true joy that comes with this role. And that's joy stems from the type of people you're going to be working with as your IT professionals. Because what we realize is the work that they do in healthcare IT 
is a very much a transferable skill. They could take that to any industry that exists. And quite honestly, they know and I know that other industries will likely even pay them more for their skill set. So if you have someone who has that type of skill and could be paid more elsewhere, then why healthcare? What are they doing in healthcare? And they're in healthcare by choice based on their intrinsic motivation to use their skills to make a difference for patients ultimately. And they are doing that because they know their family members could be patients, their friends could be patients, they themselves could be patients. And that is what motivates them to deliver high quality, reliable, excellent results every time. They have a motivation to study a project that they just deployed. They always do lessons learned afterwards. And Brett, that's not even you and I asking them to do that, although we would if they didn't. But we don't have to because they already want to study it to figure out what went well so we can repeat it. And then what didn't go well, because we don't want to carry that error or that lesson into the future, we want to overcome it. And so again, just be ready for awe and for amazement at what your team is going to be capable of doing, provided you give them the structure, the strategy and the direction, that's all they need, and then let them go. And again, just a lot of joy because they are amazing, compassionate, talented professionals you'll be working alongside. Well said, well said. Well, thank you so much. We'll end here. It's always a pleasure talking to you and I get to share you with the rest of the world a little bit. So thanks for uh, taking some time out today. Uh, Brett, you're so welcome. And I can't say enough about being able to be a partner with you in this healthcare journey. I'm so grateful for all you bring as CMIO. And so thank you for that and for the time today. Very kind. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. I really love this show. I love hearing from the people and the leaders on the front lines. We want to thank our hosts who continue to support the community by developing this great content. If you want to support This Week Health, let someone know about our channels. We have three, This Week Health Conference, This Week Health Newsroom, and finally, the channel that you just listened to, This Week Health Community. Check them out today. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify. You get the picture. We are everywhere. And you can also subscribe to our ongoing newsletter. It's at thisweekhealth.com. Go ahead and subscribe today. We also want to thank our show partners for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health leaders. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.